Welcome to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. In a troubled world, riddled with endless pursuits, we have a place of peace and rest in Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us in worshiping Him and following Him in a life-transforming journey. Now, here's my friend Mark to introduce today's sermon. As we hear from His Word today in Joshua, God says, I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We are commissioned for His purpose as He fulfills His promise in our lives. We are leaving the past behind all the time. The Lord calls us out of darkness into His plan, His light, His glory. When we find ourselves alone, empty, or wondering what's next, hear today what the Lord promises you and me. As we trust His will and do as He directs, we're blessed in the outcome, even though we're challenged and put through trials in the process. One of my wife's hobbies is, and if she could, she would even more so, is to get rid of my old sweaters or my old clothes. She loves to go into my closet to clear out my old things, given that some of those are as old as my boys. It's hard to let go of some of those clothes. I think my father has that too. My father's got a couple of suits which will not fit him. But there's a hope that sometime in the future, you're going to get down to that size that you can wear them again. It's hard to let go of the things you're used to. Could be a car. Sometimes could be old habits. In skydiving, one of the hardest things to let go is of a malfunctioning canopy. So you've got the main canopy, you've got the reserve. I've had those situations where I had a canopy that was not working rightly. Actually, I was spiraling towards the ground. But to cut away that main canopy meant that for a few seconds, you'd have no canopy. And then you have to open up the reserve. But will that open up? It's hard to let go sometimes. Well, we even have a saying, which is hard to pronounce from uh, uh, the pulpit of a church. Better the devil you know than the one you don't. You stick to relationships. You stick to jobs. You stick to old bosses. Because it's what you know. The unknown is very scary. And so it was for the people of, people of Israel. And so it was for Joshua. What he may have been going through in his mind. The responsibility. Knowing what they've been through. Knowing who had, he had to deal with. It's hard to let go for new beginnings. But what does God want from us why should we fear what this year may have for us when God wants this year to be afraid of us? To take a whole different perspective of the meaning and the call to your life, of what God has for your life, this church, the ministry has given you. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, as we read throughout this text, you're going to come across a number of to-dos and also 
some challenges of things that we are not to do. Especially as we culminate towards the end of the text, he keeps telling him, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. And we've learned to live life being afraid. We've learned sometimes to walk like turtles with our heads retracted, not knowing what would come around the corner. Here's Joshua walking in the shadow of this man larger than life. This man that walked and talked face to face with God. And now Joshua finds himself alone. So we want to entitle this text to be what God wants from you and not to be. And these are decisions at the edge of the unknown. How do you choose when you don't know what's going to follow? How do you have the courage, or how did you gather the courage to ask someone to marry you, not knowing what would follow? And now when you look back 40, 50, 60 years, you say, wow, what a blessing that was, but I had no idea what I was getting myself into. To move from one place to another, to receive a brand new family, whether it's a church or friends. We need to make these decisions at the beginning of this year and not wait to see what the year has for us, but to tell and say it here and now who we are, what we've been called to, and more than anything else, what God has to say about you. We fear death. We dread it. It's a mystery. And yet, if you look at the New Testament and what the Lord Jesus did, and the way Paul lived his life, in a way they embraced it. There's no fear of death. For the Lord Jesus has conquered it. For us, it's just a messenger, one that transports us. We must not shy away, because we have eternal life living within us. We are in Jesus There is a necessity for death. At least it was for Joshua. For everything that would follow was not the calling of Moses. It was Joshua. Everything he watched, everything he learned, all of those years in the desert, God was preparing Joshua for something that Moses could not do. There is a necessity for death. Because through death, many times you are set free. At times, walking through the shadow, this valley of the shadow of death, this death will awaken you to see things that you have not seen. God uses this messenger in Joshua's life to make him aware and to tell him over and over again, be courageous, do not fear. In other words, he's saying, I know that you are afraid, but I'm going to tell you, do not fear. And I know that you're shying away, so I'm telling you, be courageous. There's a need for death, because death strengthens us, as it strengthened Joshua. We are told that we are to crucify the flesh. There's a need for us to die daily To die to our wants, our desires, to die towards our temptations, to die to what we think is just. So therefore, we are ready to crucify others for our justice. But Scripture says, crucify. You must die. Throughout the book of Ephesians, we read the the commandment to put to death those deeds of the flesh. 
It's an action that we must take. It doesn't happen by itself. And death naturally in the beginning is painful. And yet there's the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus that promises. And he says, I will strengthen you. But that strength cannot be discovered for Joshua and for us unless. See, the one thing that God starts with with Joshua, he tells him straight out. Look, Moses is dead. Is that what Joshua wanted to hear? He's looking behind him and he sees over two million people. Always griping and bickering. Always not happy. More bread, more meat. Never enough. And here is Joshua. Oh, now you want me to lead these people? Wait a minute. I got them behind me and giants in front of me. And so God tells them, do not be afraid. This is a message for me. It's a message for you. You see, we are called to put the flesh to death. We're called to put relationships. Some must be put to death. We're supposed to put our sin to death, our habits. Before such death in Joshua's life, the Lord had been teaching the people. He'd been teaching Joshua, leading the people through his servant Moses. Everyone looked at Moses, for he had the answer. He had the the serpent On the pole, bringing healing. He is the one that opened the Red Sea. He's got the answers. And when you have someone in your life, they may have all the answers. Yeah, we would have a tendency to just lay back and let them lead. We'll just follow. We'll be fine. But there comes this moment when God tells Joshua, listen, he died. But I'm not dead. And I've got a plan for your life. Only after such death, Moses' death, is God speaking directly to Joshua. Turn with me to Exodus 33, chapter 11. Until this moment, if you search scriptures, God doesn't speak to Joshua directly. He's in the shadows. He's by the door. He's by the tent. He wants God. He holds on to God. But this is the first time that God speaks directly to Joshua. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, Exodus thirty-three eleven, As a man speaks to his friend, when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua The son of Nun, that's the guy. He's a young man. He would not depart from the tent. He lived his life desiring to be near God. But he was not given that blessing until death came over his life. From out of that death, God had a plan. And he raised Joshua and used him to lead people to life. Yes, our God is great enough to work even through death. And so, as we are making decisions at the edge of this unknown, the first lesson, the first principle and challenge that we we learn in this text is that we're called to walk victoriously with the Lord. Walk victoriously, not with your head down, 
Not that, oh God, have mercy on me, I'm about to fall. You're to walk victoriously. Everything we see in the first part of this text, in the first three, four verses, it has to do with, I'm calling you to walk in victory because people are dependent on you. This nation depends on your walk with God. So here's the challenge. How are you walking with the Lord? Yes, you're following Him, but are you walking in defeat already? Your mindset, your approach, your dreams and hope. We're going to step away a little bit this morning. We have a tendency sometimes if you walk into a Baptist church, they are so afraid of the charismatic movement that they'll say nothing about the Holy Spirit. And, and they, they're a miss on that side. And, and maybe the charismatic movement is a miss on that side because to them everything is tongues and, 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 and miracles. But there's a middle ground called the Bible. On the same note... Because we're conservative Christians, we'll talk nothing about prosperity. But we forget that we've been called to live a life of blessings. But we must define what these blessings are in the midst of trials. It's not just blessings and money and health and sunshine 365 days out of the year. It is a blessing that transforms that trial, that bone-crushing experience you're going through. Where Jesus comes in and he knows how to say, be still, peace I say to you. And everyone that was healed under his hands, they jumped away filled with joy. Time for us to amp up our faith in believing that in the midst of struggle and death, there's life. And that life is Jesus. You are called to walk victoriously with the Lord. What's your destiny What's your goal? What, what, is, what is the road, the path that you're on, given from Scripture? Turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 37. See, we will look at what Joshua has been dealing with, and we cannot say, well, that's written to Joshua and to the Israelites, does not apply to us. Oh, there's verses that match every single promise, every single challenge that applies to you and me today as believers, that we would walk victoriously. Romans 8.37, no, in all these things... The beatings, the sickness, the persecution, the death. The previous verse lists them all. All the suffering. He says in all these things, we're redefining life. In all these things, we're more than conquerors. We're not just victorious. We're so much more because in our victory, there's life for those around us that are suffering and lost. No hope, no direction, nothing to look forward to except the grave. But we, being more than conquerors, we live life to its fullest. Didn't the Lord say, I've come to give you life and joy in abundance? In all these things, we're more than conquerors. How? Through Him, through Jesus, who loved us. So if we're going to shy away from the rumors of a prosperity gospel yes it's out there it diminishes true faith and suffering as a church we clarify it with verse 35 who shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation meaning as a child of god you will have tribulation now we learn in the scripture that through heaven we must suffer much but there's tribulation 
Will that separate us from Jesus? Or will Jesus be separated, taken away, because we're going through trouble? Shall distress, or persecution, or famine? Will that separate you through what Christ is? And this presence of Christ is so much more than what's expected and we await in heaven. It's the here and now we walk victoriously. Be courageous. Do not be afraid. God tells Joshua, yes, my servant Moses is dead, but I am alive. Your God is alive. No matter if your dreams have been broken, you lost your job, you lost your family. God is alive. As it is written, verse 36, for your sake, we're being killed all the day long. Is there victory in that? We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. And then he says, remember, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. What are the equivalents, verses, or even greater promises given to the church as we look at Joshua and his challenge, his invigorating, life-giving words by God? Because he repeats later on in the text, listen, I'm with you. I'm the one giving you these commandments. I'm with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you, Joshua. Yes, he's dead. Yes, they're restless. Yes, they're tall. I am with you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Here's the present mission given to us, the church. But you will receive power. This life-changing power. The prayer of a saint. They're not wishes raising up towards the ceiling of a temple. These prayers, they're earth-shattering, touching the Father. Life-changing You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. It's the same challenge, Joshua. I'm going to use you and you will go and these people will follow you. And now the church, this power, this Holy Spirit living within you. We don't live life day to day just to make it. We shake it up. Oh, and you will be my disciples my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. He's given us a present mentor. We're not alone. The Holy Spirit that knows the groans, He knows the tears, and He's the one that strengthens from within. This mentor that places us with strength in this new powerful mission Matthew 28, 19, and Jesus said to them, all authority, no matter what's awaiting you, I've got the authority. Your bosses, your neighbors, your government, I've got the authority. In heaven and on earth, it all has been given to me. So because I've got the authority, I've got the strength and the mission, you must go And make disciples of all nations. And as you're going and you are pouring your life into their lives, that's the purpose we have as a church, to make disciples. You are supposed to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe, to listen, to obey all that I commanded you. So now what you've learned from me, you teach them, you're commanding them as I commanded you, they must learn. And behold, as he tells Joshua, he tells the church, he tells us, 
I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You got a powerful mission, powerful mentor. Turn with me to John 14, 12 to see the piercing mandate. Truly, truly, I say to you, John 14, 12, whoever believes in me, says Jesus, if you believe in me, he says, will also do the works that I do, healing the sick, raising the dead, feeding the hungry. But he had much more in mind than that. The gospel that saves the soul. Because those that were raised from the dead died again. Those that were healed, yeah, they got sick again. But those that were saved are in heaven right now. Jesus says that this is the mission and the power that we have. And greater works than these will he do. Because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, read this with me. Anything. But see, the more you know Jesus, the more you become like Jesus. And you will ask what Jesus would ask. That's the transformation. That's the growth. That's the light in the darkness. That's the promise. So he comes to Joshua and tells him, listen, I'm with you. I will go with you. And the same promise he receives in the victory that awaits him is given to you. The Roman centurion asked with a secular mindset and experience that he had. He was so sincere, having seen and believing of what he heard about this young man, Jesus, healing people. He made his way on a horse, maybe, but he drew near the Lord. Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Matthew 8, 8. But you only have to say one word. Because I know what it's like. As a captain, I say the word and people listen and they come and go as I tell them. And I know you have authority. Lord, one word. My servant will be healed. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him. Truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. You know the fact that very seldom did Jesus stop. And was amazed. He marveled. That happened when he saw faith. God looks at Joshua. And we only get the command. We don't see Joshua's reaction. And by the command, there is some kind of trepidation. There is some kind of second guessing. So that's why God has to tell him three times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. What does that mean? God is looking in your life for such faith as the Roman centurion. As we are called to walk victoriously. And I think this is the one thought I'm going to leave you with this morning. As we start on this journey of walking. Well, every, what is it? Every thousand mile journey starts with what? The first step. So here it is. Turn with me. To Ephesians chapter 2. First principle in this walk is stepping into God's blessings. There are blessings that God has prepared for you today. Actually, you may have gone through a third of them already. There's a whole bunch of blessings God has sprinkled for you specifically, tailored for your life throughout this day and every day. 
but you got to walk in them. We'll take a look at Joshua being given the promise and also the command, which in a word we may say, well, that's not fair. He says, listen, I've given you this land. I've given this land to these people, but you got to go fight, but I'm going to be with you. Because Jesus is working in you, you can ask anything in his name and he will do it. You will find amazing things happening at times you'd never expect. You may not recognize it, yet when everything seems upside down, that may well be when Jesus is doing great work in your life. He loves us so much we are given special attention to accomplish good works for his glory in his name. And he still will give us the credit as he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you for listening to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. For more information about our church, visit us online at trinityefcboise.org or by phone, 208-322-8801. Our church is located at 1777 North Allenbaugh Street in Boise. We'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at 11 a.m. Join us next week at this time as we go through and apply God's Word on Scriptures for Life.